1: Brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. Now, the normal question you hear regarding motivation is, hey, what motivates you? But this assumes that people are always motivated by moving towards something. Now, what's really interesting is that most people in life are actually motivated by moving away from something. They're trying to avoid something. They're trying to avoid tragedy, trouble, maybe turmoil in their life. Now, as part of our last series on relationships, we talked about how you can actually go from a breakup to a breakthrough. And we discussed how in our deepest pain, we can find our deepest passion. And in my ebook Strive to Thrive, which you can download on my website, TonyWCoaching.com, we discussed how everyone has a wake-up call moment in your life. When we reach that moment, we have a choice to make, a decision. We can take the negative road, or we can pursue the positive road that leads to fulfillment and triumph. Now, today on our show, we have an amazing guest who knows a lot about how you can truly turn your turmoil into triumph. He's the author of the books, Moments Matter, and God Gives You Lessons When You're Ready. He has an amazing story to tell. So without further ado, I want to introduce my friend, Dave Sanderson. Dave, it's a pleasure to have you here on the podcast.
0: Tony, thank you for having me on that. I really appreciate it. Tell me about what you're working on. Well, there's a lot of projects we're working on. I'm very blessed to be able to have a team that, uh, so we can get out and really focus on on how to really add value to people, because I think this last year... I, I look at it as a year of turmoil and, you know, most people would just think, think about the turmoil being COVID, but and we also have the questions about social justice questions. We had the election that just keeps going on and on and, and those kind of questions. So I think it was a year of turmoil for many, many people. And I liken that to what I went through in the plane crash because, you know, no one, it wasn't our fault that we went through COVID, you know, it's just like on a plane crash, it's not your fault, but you got to deal with it. And some people deal with it better than other people. And, and what's interesting, Tony, the most often asked question I still get after 12 years after the plane crash is, how did you get back on a plane after you went through a plane crash? Yeah, that's that, a huge question. It's a huge question. And, you know, because it's what's interesting is many people from that, they still haven't got back on a plane. Mm-hmm. For those so, who you know, don't know
1: the story, tell, tell us a little bit about that. That is a plane crash that a lot of people know about. We've even seen the movie with Tom Hanks.
0: Yeah, especially being in the New York area, you probably have heard about it. You know, I was involved with the plane crash, best known as the miracle on the Hudson. I was on a business trip to New York, coming back, caught the earlier flight, gave up a first-class seat, got on a plane, didn't pay attention like most people don't because I knew everything. And then about 60 seconds into the plane, uh, plane flight, we, uh, we encountered, as we now know, Simultaneous bird strikes, knocking out both engines at the exact same millisecond, and at that point everything started changing not only for that flight but pretty much for the rest of my life. So, you know, as you said, it was a, it was depicted in the movie Sully. I was very honored and humbled to be a very small part of that experience. You know, I was one of 155 people who survived the plane crash and lived to tell about it, and um, I'm very honored to be able to do that.
1: I talk a lot about these wake up call moments, and I'm sure. When you heard those words, "Prepare for impact," over the loudspeakers, that must have been a moment for you.
0: Yeah, well, first it really didn't start on me, Tony, because, candidly, you know, I, you know, I flew so often, still fly often, know that you know planes have multiple engines. So I was on 15F or 15A, I should say. I was four rows behind the left wing, and I saw the saw the fire coming out. But I thought the plane got another engine. We're going back to LaGuardia. No big deal. But it was that moment when I heard that, I like, okay, something's going on, because never heard that one on a plane before. That's the one that got my attention, and that's when, as, uh, as he was saying those famous words, we were actually approaching the George Washington Bridge, and we were roughly 1,000 feet at that point in time and descending, and the, the bridge is roughly 600 feet up. So we just cleared it by roughly 400 feet. So I um, knew at that point in time something, uh, something serious was going on.
1: One of the things I heard about uh, the captain on the stories that went around is that he used to pilot gliders, which was something that is one of those moments in your life where he was the right person at the right time for those 155 people. And it's a blessing that that he was there and that he made the right decision. You know, God placed him in the right place at the right time. And uh, what a great thing in the fact that you're able to tell that story. And so many people go through those tragedies in their life and they don't get to tell those stories. I'm, I, for one, I'm glad that you're here to talk to us about that. So how did that change your life in ways that you would not have thought?
0: Yeah. I, I think number one, you know, after you go through the shock of survival uh, and then, and I, the next book I'm always talking about that, that moment, those moments right after, because you go into overwhelm, there's so many things that are hitting you at one time. And now you got to get back to work. You got a family, and oh, by the way, I was the head of security for a guy by the name of Tony Robbins. So I still had that responsibility. All that I looked at as a blessing because, you know, it kept my mind focused. Yes, I went into overwhelm. And I did, what I talk about it in the latest blog is, you know, I had a, bre- you know, I was breaking down, but I talk about how the breakdown really is the breakthrough in your life. when you, you have to break down to get to that breakthrough. And that's what was happening for me. So I was very fortunate that I had people around me that gave me great support. But it was also a great learning experience, and it opened up some different opportunities because candidly, it changed my focus. To be very candid, I was I was in sales, like I am right now, and having my own little company. But you know, salespeople are typically achievers. You know, they're going after and looking at that mindset of achieving, and so usually it's about what can I, you know, how can I produce, how can I produce. But that that day really changed my mindset because you had to work together as a team. There's, you know, we had people, 155 people didn't know know each other or care about each other, pull together and did something that had never been done in the history of aviation. And it changed my perspective and it really changed my worldview, which opened up so many different avenues for me. And I think that's what was uh, one of the things that I think I may have done a little bit differently, some other people that you know, I looked at changing, really focusing on how could I contribute? How can I add value? How that really helped me grow as to how uh, being all about me.
1: And so you're in contact with some of these folks uh, on a regular basis from these 155 people?
0: Yeah, I don't know about how regular it is. I know about <laughs> every year we have definitely have a get together. Uh, but I, there's a few people that I definitely maintain contact with, especially the the gentleman who went with me to, who was in the same hospital that I was in New Jersey. Because we shared a very similar experience. He was the first passenger out. I was the last passenger out. We both went to New Jersey. We were both in the hospital because we had injuries. And one of the things that uh, you know doesn't get talked about a lot, but there were out of the 155 people, I'd say 150 passengers specifically, 21 people went to the hospital. And now in 18 went to New York hospitals, three went to New Jersey hospitals. And out of those 21 people, two people stayed tonight. It was Barry and I. And, we were in the same hospital first passenger last passenger so it's a yeah uh, he's actually the one i stay in contact with the most
1: now what motivated you to move forward with your life cuz you had a decision to make at that point you could have taken that situation and said you know what i got to change my life but i'm going to go down you know a woe is me negative path afraid to get on another plane again and you could have taken that fearful negative path, or you could take the positive path, which you chose to go on. You chose to create value in your life and to bring that value to other people, which is great. But it all was started with that first step into saying, I'm not going to let this situation have me live in fear. I'm going to get ready to get on another plane. So tell me a little bit about that and how that how that came about. How soon after?
0: Well, I can tell you the exact moment. It really transpired for me because... It was the week after the plane crash. It was immediately right after. And as I share in my story, uh, you know, when I got back to Charlotte, my company, my boss at that point in time asked if I was going to Michigan the next week on business. I had to make a choice. And uh, being in sales, you know, of course, you're pretty protective of the things that you've been working on and you wanted to get credit for it. So I agreed to go back to Michigan the next week, which probably wasn't the right move, Tony, but I made a decision. But that Sunday... I went to my church and somebody asked me, the guy who's in charge of men's breakfast asked me to speak at men's breakfast the next Sunday. And of course I'm going to do anything I can for, especially people in my church. And, and it was, like I said, 50 old guys eating pancakes, right? I mean, it's, that's not a big deal, right? I'm, I'm a big boy. I can handle that. Well, I showed up the next week and I all of a sudden four or 500 people were at this event and they, uh, they advertised it all over Charlotte. So all of a sudden they had four or 500 people. They ran out of pancakes and, I had a hungry, angry Methodist. And now I don't know what I'm going to do. And I've never spoken to that many people before. I'm like, what's going on, man? You know, so I go behind the curtain and just pray to God to give me something to say, man, just give it to me right now. Right. And I asked God to deliver, just deliver, right. Give it to me. And I don't know what I said that day, Tony Canley. I can, I had no audio visuals. I was shooting from the hip, but it flowed, right. It just flowed. Whatever I said, flowed. You know, after I got done speaking, a couple of men wanted to talk to me, but there was an elderly lady in this room. She was in the back of the room, and all of a sudden, I look in the back, and she caught my eye, so I think that gave her, in her mindset, permission to come talk to me, and she came up and grabbed my left arm and just grabbed me, and, you know, this is a week after a plane crash, 10 days after a plane crash, right? I'm like, and people are grabbing me. It's like, you know, and you don't know what's going on right now, right? And People start grabbing you, but she looked me in the eye and said, I was questioning there's a God and don't believe in miracles, but. Now I truly believe there is a God and He does miracles because you're physical evidence, and it was like a it was like a Thomas moment from the Bible, right? That she had to see it to believe it, and she saw it. And now she's a believer, and I think that and I know that was the moment sort of triggered for me because I realized I impacted somebody's life, and if that one thing could impact one person's life, if I go out and just, just share what I got in a different way, out of my heart, speaking from my heart, how many more people could I impact? And, Fortunately for me, I've spoken over 1,800 times around the world and been on numerous interviews and been able to impact people a lot of different ways. And that's what my mission is now. And that's why uh, this year is all about how to help people turn their turmoils into triumph. Because everybody, a lot of people are in pain and hopefully I can help them turn whatever they've challenges they've had like I had during that time into a time of victory for them.
1: How oh, that's, that's a beautiful story, just how you had an impact on, on that woman. She was placed there. Uh, we call those things divine appointments, where you're placed there. And I can just imagine you being in front of a bunch of hungry church going people at a breakfast.
0: <laughs> well, I'm a Methodist, Tony, and I, I sort of make a joke out of it, but it's true. And it's a tough I always, audience. I always raise my hands, has anybody a Methodist in here, right? Because Methodists know that everything centers in Methodists is around you have to have food. It's always about potluck and everything else. And I say, you know, Baptists and Presbyterians and Catholics, you may not have to deal with that stuff. <laughs> so running out of food is a big deal in a, in a Methodist thing. So I had to go. I found found out later they had to go to Bojangles to get some chicken biscuits for people because they wow. paid their five bucks, man. They wanted food. So yeah, yeah. it's I, a funny part of it. But yeah, people are just anxious, right?
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. So do you find that a lot of people come up to you after you give a talk like that and uh, discuss some of those wounds in their life where they were able to go through a turmoil in their life and how they turn themselves around?
0: I don't think I've had an event that someone doesn't come up to me. You know, I recently did an event last week, f- first live event in 2021 for over 300 people in Wisconsin. And I think I had eight or nine people come up after I spoke, whether they're telling me their story, asking me for advice, want to get a picture, whatever it is, people traditionally will come up to me. And because um, I think they it can relate because I'm not, you know, I tell people I'm not the captain. I didn't land the plane, but there's two parts of the story. He gets all the credit for getting the plane down. He did a fabulous job. And I'll be forever grateful. The second part is getting out of a sinking plane. And it was all about the really, at that point, the passengers and first responders had to work together. I think people can identify with being a passenger, right? I mean, you're there, right? You didn't have anything to do with this. All of a sudden, man, things are going sideways, just like life. Things go sideways, just like last year. Everything's fine until the middle of February, and all of a sudden, things start going sideways, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole year was sideways, and it's I mean, still
1: it still hasn't uh hasn't idea. flipped over
0: yet <laughs> yeah been... i mean still people have i mean i mean we were talking a little bit before but, you know i was in florida last week where it's a little bit different than being in new york a little bit different than being in north carolina every and i was in wisconsin last week which was a different situation likewise so uh, you know i think that uh you know a plane crashes a lot like what happened it's just you know when things start going sideways you have no control but you got you got to deal with it you have mm-hmm. to deal with it those who deal with it the best, with the right mindset, with, and, you know, and I talk about people. The most important thing now is transforming yourself with gratitude, and that's how you get out of fear. You can't be fearful if you have if you live with gratitude. And I think that's uh, one of the messages I'm trying to get out right now.
1: That's something that I do a lot of talking about as well. That whole attitude of gratitude. I take apart now. You being in sales, you know about the word appreciation because it has two meanings. When we appreciate someone, it means we have gratitude for that person, place, thing. It has value in our life. But when we buy a house or someone sells us maybe some stock or something in our life that holds value, that value appreciates over time. So the more we give appreciation, the more the things that we value in our life can increase. And that's, that's where right. I think that's what I think the key to increase is it, the key to increasing our life and the key to abundance is appreciation. Right. Knowing what you've gone through, especially in this particular incident, and I'm sure there's many other things in your life that uh, you can tell us about, and we'll get into that a little bit specifically this plane crash when you're like what's going to happen to me? And you came out of it and you're grateful and thankful to be alive. And now you can tell the story. You can walk around and tell others about it and you can have an amazing impact on them. And that is just how your gratitude and your appreciation can appreciate in the value of other people's lives as well.
0: That's a great way to say it. Very nice way to say it, Tony.
1: Has there anyone besides this woman that you've talked to in the course of time that's really touched your heart and maybe changed the way you think about things?
0: Well, there's been so many, so many opportunities. I would say the one, one thing that really stands out, it was more of a a eye-opening experience for me. It was actually 9-11-2010. I was asked to keynote the 9-11 services here in Charlotte area. Now, I don't know where you live or anybody who's listening lives, Here where I live in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, 9-11 is a pretty big deal. And it's, uh, you know, they they bring in dignitaries. You got politicians, you got first responders, you got military. I mean, it's a big deal. And they asked me to keynote. And so it was a, I mean, it was like one of those things that, okay, now I've got to prepare, right? I've got, I think I got delivered now, right? It was a different mindset. And my minister, who's now a bishop in Florida, uh, had never heard me speak outside of a church. He heard me speak inside. I was speaking at churches every other Sunday. So you he really heard my talk about how I feel, how God's hands were all over this. But he never heard me really more in a general format, right? A non religious format. So I said, Ken, come on with me. Once you to hear me speak, you know, it's a pretty cool audience and just check it out. So he and I drove out there, you know, and I did my talk and it was very solemn, very respectful, right? It was one of those situations where you just, you're just you just grateful that you have the opportunity to be around this these kind of people who give their lives and give for what they do. So we're walking back to the car and Ken, uh, Ken stopped. He said, listen, I was thinking about when you were talking, he said, you know, I never thought about it this way. But as you were talking, I thought about when you went into the water, he said, as Christians now, like I mentioned, I'm Methodist. Says Christians, we believe there's one baptism into the faith. He says uh, we were walking back to the car. I was thinking when you went into the water, one person, but you came out a different person. It's almost like you were rebaptized. It's almost like things changed for you and your whole mission changed. I think that was the one thing, and that was now what, eleven years ago, right? But it still stays with me because I think that's what happened that day. I think we all went into the water one way, but we all came out, and all of a sudden, the sort of the heavens opened up everything sort of opened up. It's like, and I, I tell people, I think that was the point was I was told, "You're here's, here's your opportunity. You either have the choice to either give or not. You can give yourself and go tell or not. Some people can't tell their story and I respect that, but it really opened my eyes. Like, you know what? I feel obligated to go out and only share my story, but share the lessons and how I grew from this and what I really learned from this, because so many people are going through pain all the time. And and a few years ago, I really started opening up. For me, after I did my talk about post-traumatic growth syndrome, and I did my TED talk, and all of a sudden, I went down a whole different pathway. You know, and I never ever heard of PTGS, and I hadn't heard of it either four years ago. But all of a sudden, Tony, I I got a call from AARP magazine and wanting to interview me. Now I get a lot of requests for interviews. So in that time, I didn't have a, my own you know own team, so I was all, I was on my own, man. So I was I was trying to vet. So pretty much you got to me. I said, yes. Right. I said, why you want to talk to me, man? AARP, that's for old people. Right. What can I teach old people? They can teach me stuff. Right. Yeah. He goes, well, there's two universities that have been doing a study on you. I said, what? He goes, North Dakota State and University of Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte, would doing a study on how do people grow out traumatic life events? And they used you as a, as sort of the experiment because you grew. You've helped the Red Cross at that point raise over $7 million. Now it's over 14000000 million. You've done this, you've done that. But so many other people went to PTSD and went to depression and can't even go out. They wanted to find out what's the difference. What did you do differently than they did? So I said, okay, I'll do the interview, right? I did the interview and I revealed this. this is my strategies for how I did it, which grew into a TED Talk, which grew into what I'm doing now. It's helping people understand the strategies on how you grow out of the turmoils that you have in your life. Because we all go through turmoil,s and that was like the, the pivot point for me. It went from being about about real about my plane crash experience to how do I can I help people grow out of a traumatic life event, and that might be an earthquake, it might be a fire, it might be a flood, it might be a plane crash, it might be COVID, it might be social injustice. Oh, by the way, it might be because some people can't deal with this election. People are so dug in. How do you That's get true. How do you get undug? You know, and it's all about forgiving forgiveness. That's how it all changed for me, Tony. And that was the one instance and one moment that triggered my shift in what I'm doing right now.
1: And those are the shifts that really, really matter in life. Those are, as you say, those are the moments that really matter. And when we can take that turmoil, that difficult situation, even COVID, there's so many people, uh, the suicide rate during this whole COVID time has been just crazy. And they're not really getting into that on the news. That's one of those little hidden in the background stories. You know, they just tell everybody, you know, go home, wear your little mask, stay home. Don't talk to anybody, you know, be a little hermit, you know, maybe you can go to the grocery store. Cause you know, those grocery chains like Walmart, you know, they, they need their money, <laughs> but yep. you know, they don't realize that the impact of some of these people. And I think about people in hospitals right now. And during COVID the people that couldn't see their relatives Uh, The people who lost relatives who they couldn't visit, that just has to have an impact in your life. But you touched on that, Dave, and that is the whole forgiveness aspect. You know what? It's not the hospital administrator's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just something that happened and you just need to forgive people. You know, the politicians, yeah, okay, some of them are in it for themselves. We don't want to talk politics. I try to keep positive content. But you know what? They're all human beings, too. And a lot of those folks are trying to do the best that they think they can do. So they're making decisions. And New York State, well, there weren't many, there weren't a lot of good decisions made up here, but you know what? We're getting through it and we're moving forward. And again, we can take that turmoil and we can go down that negative path or we can pivot and we can say, you know what? There's something that I can learn to help others. The biggest moment i think in my life happened many many years ago when my daughter was nine years old and she was riding her bicycle out with a bunch of friends thank the lord she had her helmet on but she was hit by a car Mm. she was thrown like 20 feet in the air hit the pavement went to the hospital had traumatic brain injury had to have a craniotomy they had to, uh, she was in a coma for a week. We didn't know what was going to happen. In that moment, there's definitely a negative road that uh, we, we, we could have gone down, but uh, she survived. She's got, you know, some disability traumatic, she from traumatic brain injury, a seizure disorder, but you know what? She's alive and she has a message to tell. So it's very funny, Dave, because when she sees little kids now riding their bike and they don't have helmets on, she wants to run out and tell these people, wear your helmet yep. because she knows that it saved her life. Those are the moments in our life when, you know, we can crawl into like our little shelves or we can get out there and we can go out and make an impact in people's lives.
0: That's right. Yeah. I think, you know, one of those moments for me and the way I came up with the title Moments Matter was one of those kind of moments for me. Because, you know, as we were writing, I was working my, my friend Cindy, she was editing and we were trying to figure all this out, right? We, we had never done a book by ourselves before and I needed some help. But, you know, I, I was sitting right where I'm sitting right now. My wife called me, Tony, and said, you know, our, we had some neighbors down the street, two elderly ladies who said that they needed some help getting their TV on. And they called my wife and you know, I know where you grew up. I grew up in a small town outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I grew up in an era where, A, you always respected your elders, and, B, you would always help your neighbors. There's no questions. You just do it and move on. So my wife, Terry, called hey, me. Can you go help them get your TV? I said, I'm pretty good getting TVs on, right? No worries. You know, No big deal. I went down the street, and it took me a couple minutes. No big deal, right? But these ladies, they were two elderly ladies. They said, "Will you stay for milk and cookies. Now, I love milk and cookies. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, i love, milk love and cookies
0: mm-hmm. especially from two older ladies who could probably bake right i'm all in so you know of course i'm gonna stay for milk and cookies right so they're going to get milk and cookies and i'm in their parlor they had a beautiful little parlor and they had this table with the books on. i'm look at these books and they're very cool and they had a book about world war ii now i love world war ii history i'm a, I, I mean i'll read i'll watch anything about world war i love the mentality on how how this whole thing came about right so when they came out, I said, hey, where'd you get this book? I had never seen this book. They looked at me and they rolled up their sleeves and showed me the numbers and letters down their arm. And they said we were there. They, they survived Brooklyn And I was shocked. And I said, would you, would you let me record this story, right? I mean, they're out in their 70s. They may not make it much longer, right? I mean, so I wanted to get the story down. But they said they wouldn't let me record it. But they told me for a couple of hours the story how they survived. And one of the things before, and they lost their, their whole family and they got out. But they said, one of the things my mother told us, never separate. That's your certainty, never separate. So they never got married. So I came back to my office. I called Cindy up. I said, Cindy, I got the title. I figured these these ladies made every moment in their life matters from that point. They survived one of the most horrific situations in the history of humanity and survived. I said, they made every one of their moments matter. I said, that's that's it. All the moments that you know I've gone through, we've all gone through. They do matter, and my goal now is to show people you can't take anything for granted. No. You can't take any like you like your daughter. You can't take anything for granted. Like when you're saying that story about your daughter, first thing that came to my mind is when I get on a plane, I look to see who's not reading the brochure, mm-hmm. right? Who's not paying attention? Because I know how quickly these things happen, and if you don't, if you're not paying attention, things can go sideways pretty quick, really quickly. So I, I'm like, I'm with your daughter on that one. She's looking for people walking looking for helmets and I'm looking for people walk, reading a boarding card right so yeah. how many
1: people sit in those planes and listen to that this the, the uh, little speech that the stewardess makes at the beginning <laughs> and, I have
0: I've had people move off the exit row and I've been looked at hated yelled at but I know how important it is to you know, whoever manages that row get those doors out because I know that the guy who got the door out the door I went out if he didn't get it out that's one less chance for me to get get out of a sinking plane right? So I'm I'm always aware and awareness, I think, is one of the key skill sets we all need right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I I take from my uh, years and years uh, working in the investigation business. Um, I'm the person that always likes to sit facing the door of any restaurant that I go to. It it sometimes drives some of my friends crazy because I "I, say, can I sit
0: over there? (laughs) I'm the same way. I'm always with my back to the wall looking out. I'm just sort of that same way.
1: Yeah, I'm always on
0: the exit row unless I get moved up, upgraded. I'm always on the exit you know, mm. I, want, I want to control my own destiny.
1: Yep. We have uh, another uh, commonality here. I'm also a world war two uh, history buff as well. Uh, the sad thing about that is people like these, these two women that you met are uh, they're not around anymore. I used to go to air shows and you'd have the people who actually flew in the planes would talk about, you know, all the world war two planes. And now those people, there's less and less of them that are up there to talk and, Great depression, that's definitely, that's faded. Nobody remembers that anymore and nobody uh, knows these survival skills. And that's where I think it's so important that we we listen and we learn from our elders. Well, that's why I wrote the
0: third my next uh, book, because I had somebody who built a business during the Great Depression. And how, how do you do that? When all the whole economy and the whole world's crashing and you're building a business in the movie house business, how do you do that? Unfortunately, he, he took me under his wing for 13 plus years. And, you know, I agree with you. He, that's why the stories in that book, I, need, I, I was so compelled to get out because, unfortunately, some of our youth don't hear those stories anymore because they don't teach the history and geography and things like that in schools. I was very blessed to have somebody like that. I mean, I had my, my grandparents. My mother and father grew up in the Depression, so I had that. But they were young, right? They were They were, you know, under 10 when that was going on. So I agree with you. I think, you know, I, I grasp every chance I get to talk to somebody who's who's lived through a historical period that I I didn't. So I can get a full understanding of what it was really like. Tell so me the biggest change people ask me all the time, what's the biggest thing that's changed in your life since the plane crash? And I tell you, it, it's becoming less judgmental. And I I mean that one thing has changed the entire direction of my life because I have to admit, I, you know, I was pretty judgmental. I would size people up pretty quickly. And as an investigator, you probably did too. You yeah. make a judgment pretty quick, right? Yeah. And I had a situation happen in the green room of Good Morning America, and I witnessed something. And I all of a sudden judged this person very quickly. But then I, I found out that he was going through a divorce and he lost his job after the plane crash. and So he attributed the plane crash to devastation right, in his life. And I judged that. And I said, man, how many times have I done that? And I don't even know the backstory of the person.
1: Yeah, you don't. Know. I said, what
0: if I could change one thing in my life? If I could become less judgmental and do what Dr. Martin Luther King said—judge people by the content of their character before I judge anything—and that opened up doors like it never has opened up in my life. Just about one, but doing that one thing. And so, yeah, I don't judge anybody right now until I uh, sort of get the understanding and know their background and their story.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a great way to live. You, you know, we talked about these times in history, and just thinking about it, 9-11 now is turning on twenty years. To me, it seems like it was just yesterday, but it's going to be pretty soon where even people won't even remember that. In fact, sometimes I I think that people are far enough away from that, that we don't remember the emotion that we had uh, when that happened. When I saw those towers fall on TV and it just, you know, I can still feel those same feelings. But again, we talk about how we can change those moments. And I know a lot of people who you know, because I'm originally from New York City, but I grew up in Rochester, New York. Uh, we had a similar upbringing in that uh, when the streetlights were on, I had to be inside. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't be out playing with my friends. But growing up in uh, in New York and close to uh, New York City, and being in the towers before in my life, just seeing that happen that's the time when you realize that let's go out there and let's make our life matter to people. Let's make something of ourselves. Let's, let's help others. Let's strive to help others thrive. And that's exactly the direction that I want to go in. So, If people are interested in reading some of these books that you have or reaching out to you in any way, maybe they want to have you come speak at an event, what's the best way to get in touch with you and where can we find your books? I know you even have more books than Moments Matter and God gives you lessons, but tell us the best way to do that.
0: Well, thank you. So yeah, the best way, just my, my email is Dave at DaveSandersonspeaks.com. The best way is always just to email me because I, I respond to email very quickly. I've got a team, as I mentioned, and they, they're on top of that. But yeah, if you want the books, I tell people go to my website, DaveSandersonspeaks.com. If you want the new newer book, as I think I mentioned, we're, we're reworking it a little bit right now. Um, so if they have a question on that, just email me directly and I can help get, the, get them a copy of that. Likewise, my next book is targeted to come out about three months from now, From Turmoil to Triumph. And I'm really excited because one of the things, Tony, I think you and I talked about before we started uh, speaking is, you know, I really wanted to build sort of a trilogy, sort of like in the model of Star Wars, right? I mean, I, I grew up in the era of Star Wars was a big deal, you know, and I, I watched how they did that. And if you, so I said, you know, Moments Matters, like episodes four, five, and six, if you look at Star Wars, right? My book, God Gives You the Lesson is sort of like one, two, and three, right? It's the precursor. How did I get to that point? And from Turmoil to Triumph is now like, you know, seven, eight, and nine you know, mm. what happens after the empire, right? Yes. So, uh, you know, so I'm really proud. We're really excited about this, but that's probably the easiest way to get hold of me. And I tell people if they want to get, I, I drop new content every week, that way I can get things out and I do it by way of LinkedIn. So just follow me on LinkedIn day. I think it's David Sanderson, LinkedIn on LinkedIn, connect with me there and you'll get first access to all my new content that I'll be, uh, be sharing not only in public, but also in, uh, in my private groups or, we're starting a private group right now because I'll leave you with this. One of the things, if you know my story, is my mentor Bill. Before he passed away, um, he shared these notes with me. that He got from his mentor in 1929, and but he also shared with me the last month. Last thing he said is, "Don't let it die with you." So this year, what I've committed to is I'm going to take eight people this year who really want to learn in-depth immersion. Of what I got to learn over a 13-year period, I'm going to teach it in, in one year to these eight people, so they can then teach it, to go out and teach it likewise, and that way I'll achieve my goal of, of sharing this to a million people in 10 years. So if anybody's interested in in having that uh, access or that opportunity, just email me at dave@davesandersonspeaks.com and I'll uh, we'll talk because I'm looking for people who are committed. You know, That's I awesome. uh, I don't want people to just want to sign up and learn just go out and not use it. I want people who want to be immersed with me for one year, one-on-one, one-on-eight to be involved with that. So that's a long-winded way of saying how to get in touch with me, Tony.
1: Well, that's great. And I hope people will reach out and I hope that they'll read your books because they are excellent references and your writing style is it's very easy to read and it's very easy to feel the emotions as you go through and you share these things in your books so the last question something that i ask everyone on the show is simply what does being purposely positive mean to you
0: yeah one of the things that i learned is and i'll go back to my mentor bill he always talked about he really admired about franklin roosevelt was he he was always optimistic even through depression and world war he was always optimistic, and, and you know. And, and I wrote in a blog this week. And there was a time in my life instead of saying, you know, "Good morning, God," I would say, "Good God, morning." And the way I wake up is I always start with gratitude, saying a prayer, and saying, you know, "Good morning, God," because that gives me connection to to my my Creator. Plus, it puts me in a positive mode immediately. You don't know how the day is going to face you, right? But being perfectly positive, you know, I do it because in a way that giving gratitude to my creator, because without him, I'm not here. So that's how I do it.
1: That is a great lesson. I like that. Good morning, God, rather than God. Good morning. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Dave Sanderson, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today and to have you on the podcast. And I hope we'll talk again real soon.
0: Thank you very much. I'm honored and God bless everybody. And good luck to everybody out to facing whatever they're facing right now.
1: listening to strive to thrive the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWcoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. If you are going through some striving in your life and would like to turn that around and start thriving, have that wake up call moment that you need, come to TonyWCoaching.com and download my free ebook, Strive to Thrive. I hope that you will learn from today and some of the things that we talked about today, and I hope that you will turn your turmoil into triumph.